if you want to get mentally and physically stronger, discomfort in a continuous fashion, because it doesn't finish. Like it's not like, okay, I'm done with all the discomfort in my life. No, discomfort continuously is necessary. Many of the good things in life evolve from discomfort. You are here for a reason, but navigating this human life can be challenging. How do you care for your body, mind, and spirit to make the most of your time here on earth? How can you harness your incredible human potential? In this podcast, we explore these questions and more to help you craft your best life yet. Welcome to I Am Human. The information on this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not meant to replace careful evaluation and treatment. If you have concerns about your health or well-being, please consult a healthcare professional. Hello, humans. I'm your host, Dr. Yami, and I am so happy to be here with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review my podcast, and share it with somebody who you think would benefit from hearing this information today. So today I'm going to discuss the topic of tolerating discomfort. To be human means to avoid discomfort and seek pleasure, stability, safety, and certainty. But to be human also means to deliberately seek opportunities to challenge yourself and force yourself to experience discomfort, change, insecurity, and self-doubt. Oh my goodness, self-doubt. That's a big one. I'm getting into some of my harder weeks in my half Ironman training plan. And almost every time I look at my workout for the day, I think, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to complete this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish. I may have to stop early. I may not be able to go as hard as it's telling me that I need to go. But guess what? Every single time I've proven myself wrong. And that brings me confidence. And that confidence feels so much better than sitting on the couch and being all cozy and warm because it's like a gift that keeps giving. It's something that continues to help me every day in my life, in my career, in my relationships. I mean, it's amazing. I feel, you know, I've had this goal of completing a half Ironman for a long time, for a long time. I didn't think I would ever do it. It was just like on my bucket list. And maybe if I can do it someday, I never thought that it would be so gratifying and so helpful to me. And at the same time, so difficult and so challenging emotionally and physically in so many ways. So it really has prompted me to reflect and learn a lot of things about myself and how I approach goals and how I have learn to embrace discomfort. So one of my favorite mantras 
is and has been for a long time, even before I started this half Ironman training is discomfort is the catalyst for growth. I even had it made into a canvas that I have on the wall of my office. For those of you that are watching video, it's right over there. Discomfort is the catalyst for growth. And, um, and I just want to remind you that there's no judgment with what you choose to do in this lifetime, in this incarnation. So if you are here, this go around and you're just like, I'm here for the pure comfort, for the pampering, for the luxury, you do you boo. And let me tell you that there's a part of me that loves that too. And I think we can find a balance between the times where we're enjoying the fruits of our labor and, you know, just chilling and relaxing. And of course, there's always going to be time for recovery, whether that's in your physical pursuits or in your career, there should always be that recovery. But I'm talking about having that deliberate choice of I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to do something so hard. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to finish it. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to be able to complete this. I have doubt that I'm going to be able to finish that. And not all of us choose to do something like that. But if we do, it is going to cause you to grow. There is no other option. So the more years I have on this planet, the more time I have to reflect upon this concept, the more I believe it's true. If you seek personal growth, if you want to get mentally and physically stronger, discomfort in a continuous fashion, because it doesn't finish. Like it's not like, okay, I'm done with all the discomfort in my life. No, discomfort continuously is necessary. Many of the good things in life evolve from discomfort. But as I was thinking about this discomfort, I mean, that's like a really broad category, right? What does discomfort even mean? And it's very individual. For some people, there's some types of discomfort that are unbearable that might be nothing for somebody else, or some other person might not even consider it a discomfort. We all come from different places and different levels, and you know, our bodies are just built different. So i try to kind of categorize discomfort. And you could tell me how I did, if you agree with this or not. But I think it's important to think about it because whenever we realize that discomfort comes dressed in different clothing, then we will take it for what it is. It's just discomfort. It's just something that might cause us to veer off path but it doesn't have to. So let's start with the most obvious one, which is physical pain and discomfort. So this means that physically it's not feeling good. You'd rather not do it or it hurts. And when it comes to physical pursuits, it can mean things like your muscles are burning. Your muscles are burning because you're running fast or you're lifting heavy. It literally hurts. It stings. It burns. or your lungs, they're desperate for air, or even simply feeling tired. Like you've run a long time, you've done this a long time, you're getting up every day and doing it and you are tired. And fatigue is one of my major triggers. I know that I hate feeling tired. I want to feel refreshed and energetic and I hate that feeling. So this one is a really big discomfort for me. Getting out of a warm, cozy bed when it's winter and it's cold outside. Oh man, that's uncomfortable. Doing things, you know, that 
might actually improve your immune system or help promote longevity, like doing sauna or cold plunges. Those can be really uncomfortable. Now, people always talk about how good it feels afterwards or even sometimes during it starts feeling good. But if we had a choice, if we didn't have to do it, we probably wouldn't, right? Because why make yourself feel something uncomfortable if it's not going to give you something? But we're now learning that there are certain things we can do that promote health, well-being, and longevity. And specifically, sometimes we choose to put ourselves through these discomforts because we are envisioning a reward at the end, an accomplishment, income, whatever it is, you know? Okay, so how about things that aren't super painful or uncomfortable, but also lead to growth, specifically things like walking, weight-bearing exercise, which is going to promote bone and muscle strength and sometimes literally growth. It doesn't have to be that big of a discomfort, taking daily walks, going on hikes. And when you're a child, you don't even think of it as discomfort. You just think of it as play, right? Running, jumping, climbing all over everything, climbing trees. But do you remember how many times as a child or how many times your own children got scraped knees, got bruises as a pediatrician? I see kids and these toddlers and preschoolers, I know that they're active because their shins are completely bruised up. They are climbing on things, they're running, they're falling. You know, the toddlers that have the bruises on their frontal, on their forehead there, I know that it's because they're playing, they're out to move and and do those things. And so as you can see, it comes with risk. It can come with discomfort. What about hunger or cravings? And these feel physical when you're changing up your diet or nutrition. That is a physical discomfort. Or even just the fatigue of, I have to get up early, I have to change my schedule. Maybe you're used to getting up at seven, now you start getting up at six to get some tasks done or to get that run in or you know get your training in that is physically uncomfortable it's hard it's hard to change your schedule it's hard to get up it's so much easier to just lie there and sleep and i'll also add we're going to talk about emotional pain and discomfort next but i'll also add that emotional pain can create physical manifestations that feel incredibly uncomfortable. Like if you're anxious, you might get a racing heart or a really tight chest. And that physical discomfort that is triggered by emotional pain or thoughts, it can stop you. It can cause you to not do those things that cause that feeling. I even read something once that said that emotional pain can actually feel more painful to some people than physical pain. Like they rate it higher. And I might be one of those people because I do not enjoy emotional discomfort. I mean, I'm sure nobody enjoys it, but I know that the way that I have found out that emotional discomfort is difficult for me is because it would trigger my binge eating and my emotional eating. So let's go over that. Let's go over emotional pain and discomfort. And these are a little bit more challenging because I will say that when it comes to our emotions, there is a lot of overlap. So I try to categorize, but for a lot of you, some of these things overlap into some of the other categories. And that's okay. I think it's, like I said, it's all about calling it for what it is. And when we're able to identify these things, we're able to anticipate them, know that they're coming and 
decide that we're going to tolerate them because why not? That's the way that we get to that next level. Okay. So the first one is anxiety and fear. So growth often requires change and change is scary. Change is risky. Humans don't like risk. So just to review, and I've already done a podcast episode on this, on the motivational triad, but remember the motivational triad is to avoid pain, seek pleasure and conserve energy. And the point of that is to keep us safe to keep us alive so that we can survive long enough to reproduce and pass down our genes, okay? So avoid pain, seek pleasure, conserve energy. So whenever we start thinking about something that is going to go against that motivational triad, it's really scary. There's probably part of our primitive brain that thinks you might die. You might starve to death or you're going to get hurt. You're going to break a leg and be out by yourself and you're going to die, you know? So We crave that safety and security, but it's important that we feel all the emotions, that we allow all these emotions to come up as we grow and evolve and we tolerate them. We have to be willing to tolerate these negative feelings and keep marching on. Discomfort is the catalyst for growth. Okay, so the second one is a big one for me, embarrassment and disappointment. So I think they're kind of similar in a way, although I will say that physically to me, they create different sensations in my body, but I think they're kind of related. So as humans, we're wired to care what other people think of us because the tribe is safety. We're terrified to get kicked out of the tribe because if we get kicked out of the tribe, which is our safety and our protection, our source of food, you know, all of those things, we might freeze to death and die alone. So it's it's one of those things that in the time where we were being wired, where our primitive brain was being wired, it was really important to make sure that we were accepted and we did those things to fit into the tribe so that we don't get kicked out. So trying new things can be scary because we don't want to look like a fool. We don't want to look like beginners. We want to appear confident. We want to appear like we have it all together and we don't want anyone to see us fail. Okay. We don't want anyone to see how difficult something is for us. So to avoid that discomfort, we just don't do it. We stay stuck. And I think disappointment is similar in that maybe disappointment's not about what you think other people think about you, but you feel let down. You feel like, man, I'm going to work so hard and I'm not going to get that prize. Or, you know, you think about the past where you did something and you didn't get it. But the problem is, is that if we just focus on that disappointment, we'll quit or we won't even start. And disappointment is a hard thing because it feels depressing. It feels hopeless, but it doesn't have to be the end. If we tolerate that feeling of like, okay, I didn't get it this time, but I can try again, or I can try a different way, then we can keep going instead of allowing it to stop us in our tracks. Okay. Self-doubt and uncertainty. Like I said before, self-doubt is a big one for everybody. I think no matter what, I think that we will have times where we don't believe in ourselves or we think it's impossible to do something or other people may tell us that we can't do it. And then uncertainty. Uncertainty is a huge one for me because it's unsafe. You're not sure. 
you can't be a hundred percent sure it's not guaranteed. So I think it's kind of tied in with that disappointment. Like what if I work really hard, but I can't get it? What if this doesn't work? What if everything goes backwards? What if I fail? What if I'm a failure? What if I end up on the streets, you know, and that primitive part of your brain, it'll just keep throwing scenarios at you and keep throwing scenarios at you. And it's really, really uncomfortable. So one of the ways we stop ourselves from starting or completing a goal is because we aren't sure we're going to be able to do it. So we say things like, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm not talented enough, tall enough, pretty enough, fast enough, tough enough, thin enough, smart enough, on and on and on. So we start with that. I'm not whatever enough. Okay. So I'm not going to be able to do it. So I'm not even going to start. As humans, we crave that stability and that certainty. And it is so uncomfortable to have uncertainty because In the past, it has been one of my major biggest triggers for binge eating and emotional eating. So I think that's why we have to fall in love with the process in the journey. Yes, we have to visualize that end goal, what we want. You know, for me, completing a half Ironman, 70.3 miles, completing that, I have to think about it and I have to visualize it and I have to want it, but I also have to fall in love with the process and the journey. The goal is so fun and shiny and exciting, but we have to be willing to try even if we fail and we have to enjoy the striving. Otherwise, we're never going to try. Do you see the problem here? Because if we don't Think about the journey as something that we're willing to do as enough, enough of a reason to be able to do it. Often we're not even going to try. If we spend all our time stressed about whether we're going to be able to achieve it, then we're inching closer to convincing ourselves to not even start or to quit before we find out. I have been listening to this one motivational podcast that it's it's a little intense, so I don't think it's for everybody. But one of the quotes I heard yesterday when I was listening to it was, your mind is like a highly paid defense attorney for weakness. Now, I don't like the term weakness because I think it's judgmental, but I changed it in my mind. Your mind is like a highly paid defense attorney for the motivational triad because it's so true. I mean, just think about how many times that little doubt came in your mind, that little uncertainty, and then you're just like, "Uh, okay, I just won't do it. You know, it stops you. Any little reason, it'll just keep pumping out the reasons. It will not stop. Your mind will come up with all kinds of ways to keep you safe because that's what it has evolved to do. It wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you comfortable. It wants you to avoid that disappointment. It wants you to feel certain. So just know that it's, that's its job. So it's going to keep doing it. So you have to expect it and you have to be willing to experience those feelings. You have to be willing to let that wash over you. Because remember, discomfort is the catalyst for growth. All right, impatience. This one is so fascinating because I am like literally a very impatient person. I've had to learn this lesson 50 bazillion times, okay? Like, I don't even think I fully learned the lesson because I want things, I want them yesterday (laughs) and I want them exactly the way I want them. But what's really interesting is that it usually backfires, okay? So as humans, we seek immediate gratification. We want to have that pain and discomfort be over as quickly as possible so we can just get our reward. So maybe we're like, okay, I'll experience the pain and discomfort, but okay, we're done, let's go. Let's get this, let's get this prize. 
And so we get impatient. But what happens when we get impatient is that sometimes we start taking shortcuts or we take drastic measures to get there faster. Like, okay, if a little is good, maybe I'll just go extreme. Uh, so an example would be like, I'm going to start working 20 hours a day and only get four hours of sleep so that I can get this done faster. But that backfires on you, right? Because if you consistently are depriving yourself of sleep, everything starts breaking down. The emotions get even harder. Physically, everything gets harder. And then you will not achieve your goal because you will stop because it is too much. It's too painful. And it's going beyond some of these human limits. I'm not saying that there aren't people that have done that. I'm just saying that when we get impatient, and we try to rush the process, sometimes we end up shooting ourselves in the foot because we make things worse for ourselves. Instead of just tolerating that feeling of like, yeah, I want this so bad, I want it now, it's gonna take a little bit longer. You're gonna have to hold on a little bit longer. You're going to have to be patient, okay? So impatience, it feels like this urgency, and to me, it almost feels like this low-grade anger, like a rumbling in my tummy, like, just give it to me already. I'm like a toddler, and I want my candy now, and I have my arms crossed, and I'm stomping, and you know, there's like smoke coming off the top of my head. But like I said, it causes us either to give up because we're like, well, if I can't have it now, I don't want it at all. Or we start getting reckless, and when we start getting reckless and rush the process, it goes the wrong way and we don't get it anyway. So ironically, wanting things quickly means sometimes that we won't, we won't get it at all, okay? So sometimes impatience leads us to not even get the reward at all. And it's because we're not willing to wait and tolerate all of the emotions that come along with goal realization because goal realization often takes time. Remember, discomfort is the catalyst for growth. And that leads me to boredom. So I think in some ways, impatience and boredom are related, right? Because when things take time, it can get monotonous. It can get boring. Why is it taking so long? I just want this now. So marching towards your goals, your dreams, your desires is often going to be accompanied by monotony. And this one has gotten me more times than I can count. Remember, with the motivational triad, we seek pleasure. And pleasure often comes from something exciting and novel, something thrilling, something that feels good, that gives us a rush. Doing the same thing over and over again is so freaking monotonous. You know, that's why I call it watching paint dry. You know, like it, it's just mind numbing. You don't want to do it. That is so uncomfortable. And I see this in children too. Children do not like boredom, especially when they get to that middle school era. They will do anything to avoid boredom, and it causes many of us to give up before we have received that payout, so that impatience and that boredom. And I think we underestimate how much boredom holds us back. It seems so benign. It seems so innocuous, but I actually think it kills a lot of dreams and leads to destructive paths. So I saw a study that recently came out that found that in teens in substance use treatment, 41% said that they did drugs to make something less boring. So what if we taught our teenagers to tolerate boredom a little bit more and taught them that, yeah, sometimes high school gets boring. Sometimes classes get boring. Yes, that's part of life. And when we want to get something, 
often we have to tolerate boredom, even if it feels mind-numbing. But the good thing is it's not going to last forever. None of these emotions, none of these states last forever because the most amazing thing about humans is that our emotions are constantly changing. So learning to tolerate some of these uncomfortable feelings benefits us in so many ways. You know what else I recently discovered, speaking of boredom and getting high? Dolphins get high. So apparently puffer fish, I don't know why that sounds like a, feels like a tongue twister, puffer fish emit a toxin that when taken in small doses causes dolphins to get high. So they've actually been observed, groups of dolphins have been observed passing the puffer, (laughs) quote unquote, and then floating around in, in a mesmerized state. Can you believe that? That dolphins get high. So are dolphins getting high because they're bored too? I mean, I can't imagine there's a ton of things to do in the ocean, you know? So they're just swimming around like, ooh, there's a puffer. Hey guys, y'all wanna do some puffer fish, you know? So humans aren't the only one. But as you can see, if teenagers, 41% of teenagers are doing drugs to make something less boring, boredom is a big problem. It's a big discomfort for us. And I'm not saying boredom is a problem, saying boredom, feeling bored and not tolerating boredom that can become a problem. So that's something that we should talk about. Okay, so I think boredom has been one of the biggest lessons I've learned during my half Ironman training because many of the workouts involve these long, slow training rides or training runs. Like you're not even going fast to get those endorphins like really up high and feeling like super winded. Like you're like doing zone one, zone two training. And basically that means like keeping your heart rate pretty low, but going a really long time. So there's nothing thrilling or exciting about them. And recently, because it's winter, they've all been indoors. So I've literally been on a stationary bike, on a trainer, or on a treadmill looking at the same thing. I'm not even watching movies or anything like that. Like I am literally just there with myself and my thoughts for hours on end. And so because I want this goal and I'm doing everything I can to train up for this goal, I've learned to tolerate it. And I realized, dude, I'm stronger than I thought I was. I can tolerate two hours and 30 minutes on a stationary bike indoors to get stronger, to get better, to pursue this goal. What else can I tolerate? You know, because that seems like such a little thing, but every time you're able to tolerate discomfort to achieve something, it gives you that little self-efficacy. It gives you that little boost in your confidence and it shows you that you can tolerate something. And, you know, I'm not pushing myself to the point where I'm just like passed out on the ground, exhausted. You know, I'm being mindful about my training, but it's these little things that don't seem like they're going to be achievable or seem like they're just going to be so difficult that whenever you do them, you develop that confidence that you can do more. Many things can get boring. So just think about in your life, what are the things that can get boring? I know that nutrition and diet is a big one for a lot of people. I hear that a lot. Like eating healthy foods, that gets boring. It's not as exciting as going through the Taco Bell checkout lane. You know, it's not as exciting as getting an ice cream sundae every night. You know, those foods, they're hyper palatable. They 
trigger that dopamine, that anticipation of something delicious and, you know, hyper palatable and just lighting up all over your brain. Yes, it's delicious to eat that kale salad and your, your side of rice and beans. It tastes good, but it's not necessarily thrilling. So sometimes eating the healthy foods, following that diet that will help you get that well-being, health, and longevity that you desire can get really boring. How about just exercise, working out. At the beginning, when you set your New Year's resolution or your goal, yeah, it's exciting to get to the gym and do those things. But after a few weeks and a few months, it just feels monotonous. You're getting up, your alarm's going off, you're putting your workout clothes on, you're going to the gym, you know, at 5 a.m. when it's cold and, you know, the rest of your family is sleeping and it feels like you're just going through the motions and it just feels really boring. How about your job? Yeah, sometimes work can be super exciting, but sometimes it can be incredibly boring. I'll just tell you as a pediatrician, I love my job and I do find it very exciting. And of course the kids are beautiful and make me laugh and I love it, but I'm not gonna lie. I answer the same questions over and over and over again every day. I mean, there's questions that I answer that I literally think if you asked me while I was sleeping, I could answer them while I was sleeping because that's how often I answer them. And that gets really boring. It gets really monotonous when you're just doing the same thing over and over again. But so many things require so many goals, so many, so many of these journeys of growth require that we tolerate the monotony. It requires that we understand that boredom is going to be a part of the process. I feel that it's even a superpower to be able to tolerate it. So my new mantra is, in addition to my old mantra, my favorite mantra, discomfort is the catalyst for growth, I've added a new one. Trust the process, tolerate the monotony. Trust the process. So that one is aimed towards that self-doubt part where you're just like, I don't know if this is gonna work, I don't know if this is the right thing. Just trust the process, keep going and tolerate the monotony. Because when we start getting bored, when we start feeling like everything is monotonous, we think, oh, I'm not doing enough. This is not good. I want to do something different. I want to quit. And then of course it's not going to work. So we just proved that the process doesn't work because we didn't keep going even through the monotony. So discomfort is the catalyst for growth, but trust the process and tolerate the monotony. So I want you to think about it right now. Where in your life are you not making progress because the boredom or the mind-numbing monotony is breaking you down and causing you to quit? Where is that? Is it in your nutrition? Is it in your exercise? Is it at your job? And I'm not saying that monotony sometimes can't be a signal that you do need to make a change, but I do feel that often, even when you're on the right path, you're on track, you're doing all the right things, you will experience boredom and monotony. It's just like literally part of it. So learning to tolerate that will get you to the next level. So where do you think the boredom is actually holding you back because you're not making it past it? You're not making it through. Remember, human, when you want to challenge yourself and grow, don't be surprised when discomfort knocks on the door and moves in with you. It's literally going to be living in the same house as you. It's probably going to take up residence in your bedroom. It's so freaking annoying. But when we allow discomfort to be there and not boss us around, you will grow. 
there's no other choice. You will grow. Then you get to the point where you tolerate it. You're okay with it hanging out around you. You know, it's not like you're in love with discomfort, but you're like, fine, just stay in that corner and don't tell me what to do. You can keep talking. It's like this background noise that keeps talking, but you're not going to obey it. You develop confidence that the discomfort doesn't get to make decisions and it's not going to keep you from taking action. To be human means to avoid discomfort and seek pleasure, stability, safety, and certainty. But to be human also means to deliberately seek opportunities to challenge yourself and force yourself to experience discomfort, change, insecurity, and self-doubt. Which one are you going to choose today? My name is Yami and I am human. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Am Human. I would be so honored if you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. We love our listeners and take your feedback seriously. If you have questions or constructive feedback, you can email us at podcast at dryami.com. That's podcast at d-o-c-t-o-r-y-a-m-i.com. I am your host, Dr. Yami Casorla Lancaster. I Am Human is produced by myself and Alejandra Parra. Graphics designed by Alejandra Parra. Music by Angela Sof with Glowbox Productions and edited by the Castos Production Team. Remember, human, you are here for a reason. Have fun, explore, and live your life to the fullest. <laughs>